So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom. So before we get started and jump into the topic today, I wanted to talk about a few things. At Cash Flow to Freedom, our whole purpose is to teach the principles um, that go into creating cash flowing investments, businesses that are then can eventually be separated from your time to a large extent, or at least give you and empower you to own your time. Um, we believe that that is where true financial freedom comes from. It's not a lottery winning type of event. It's creating an investment vehicle um, or a freedom vehicle that gets you to where your financial goals are and gives you back time and creates financial freedom. I'm very passionate about these things for all of you that have already heard my story a million times over, I'm sure, but I was paralyzed and it was through cash flowing assets when I lost my job with a huge multinational company. I was running the offices here. It's paid very well, but I obviously was unable to work. And it was through those cash flowing assets that I was able to save, be saved financially and not lose our home. I have four children. That is the goal and that is the point here. And financial freedom for me came out of chaos both times that I had to figure it out. The first time, and the reason we started our financial vehicle was in a time of chaos. It was in the last recession in 2008. And it felt like you were scrambling every day to survive. And um, I knew things had to change. And I knew the current way that I was creating income um, for myself would no longer work. And so I created a new alternative. I went down a path that was completely new for anything that I or my family had done. And uh, we took huge risks. We followed not just, I, I don't want to say just our instincts, but all of the knowledge that we had been gathering and preparing ourselves to. And we found the right opportunity and we created a vehicle that would take us to our goal that had nothing to do with our past. Um, it ca That came in a time of chaos and that has created extreme wealth and freedom for my family. Not that any of that is guaranteed, right? I mean, we're in in chaos right now, I think, in the world. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this. And it's important because I received an email after my last uh, podcast or podcast episode 69, where we were talking about the effect of the government shutting down the economy. And I received an email that somebody was upset about saying we were cavalier at the fact that there was crisis going on and that people were getting hurt or that the people were getting sick and dying. And they mentioned that we spent too much time on macroeconomics and they asked us to stop and just talk about finance. It was interesting because that was the first podcast I'd, or the first email that I'd ever received about the podcast where somebody was unhappy. But two, as I sat and I read it, which I, I, I very much appreciate that feedback. We, we speak to people from this podcast. Um, we get emails, which we return. We talk to people all the time. 
it's really, really important. It's why we're doing this. This is the only reason why we're doing it. Um, and when I look at that email, and I wanted to bring a few things up. First of all, as we mentioned in that podcast, obviously, we're very concerned with the health risks. Um, we understand that. Anyone that knows the danger, all they have to do is turn the TV on, right? There's mass hysteria and panic going on everywhere. I don't want to add to that. You don't need that. You hear that all the time. I would like to focus on implications and what's going on in the economy, but in no way, shape, or form do I not understand what somebody that's going through that feels like. I mean, you need to remember, I lived on a ventilator, and I was basically dead for 10 weeks and been paralyzed for years. I, I understand that very, very well. My heart shatters for what people are going through in their families because it's so close to home. And I understand, though, that out of this chaos, we have to come up with solutions. We have to stand up. We have to look forward into the future. And that's what not only gets us through, but that what is paved the way through for the rest of your life. You are not made from the good times. They do nothing. The best things that I have in my life were never made from good times. The relationship that I have with my wife was forged when I was a quadriplegic in the hospital. The relationship with my children comes when my children are having issues or I'm having problems and there's learning moments between us that we feel that love when we're there for each other when things aren't good. Um, the financial principles that we learned and the wealth vehicle that we built in the greatest economic collapse that we had seen in, you know, since the Great Depression, it was made there. It wasn't made in the roaring you know, 90s and early 2000s. And two, you need to understand that these moments of crisis, this is always going to happen. And we need to be prepared for them. We, w- we shouldn't say, well, this, this is never random. I wasn't prepared this, nor should I be. And uh, we need to ignore this. No, we need to embrace this. We need to understand. We need to learn what's happening. Am I scared that I will get <laughs> the virus or my children or, or, or my family? Of course. Of course, that terrifies me. I never obviously want to go on a ventilator again in my life. I'm probably predisposed extremely to those kind of things. So we're worried about it. We're cautious about it. But two, we're looking at what I can, what we can do in our control. We're fo- following the federal guidelines. We are obeying all those things, right, as we go. But when I look at on the finance side and look at our savings ratio, like the podcast that we made two weeks ago on the four things that you can do to prepare for yourself, set yourself up, this is what really helps. And this is what prepares us and gives us this sense of control is that we can change our circumstances, we can adapt. Um, but all that is great. And this recession and crisis, and this is what I want to talk to you about today, this idea to forget about macroeconomics and, and, and focus on finance. I have a serious issue with that. First of all, those two things are not separate. And you must understand that. You don't say, Um, macroeconomics has nothing to do with personal finance, particularly because a huge portion of our nation will be unemployed to an extent unlike we've ever seen. And macroeconomics is the only thing saving you. When you get your check in the mail for $1,500 that the government's about to, to send out, that's macroeconomics. Why macroeconomics is how the government works with the economy. It's the unification of those two things. Um, it was my 
philosophical views on macroeconomics that led me to build our massive company that we have today out of the recession. And we pivoted and made change. By understanding these things, you are more equipped to make decisions that put yourself in a better financial position and give you financial freedom and reduce your risk to situations just like that. That was the changes that we made and that we continue to make. And that's what I really want to explain to you guys because it's important, right? Our government's interactions with monetary policy and how those are working today and what's changing in our economy has lasting effects for the rest of our lives. It changes your circumstances today, what they decide and don't decide to do. And when we hear the changes that they're making, we have to adapt appropriately with them. So, Right now is actually the time that you focus on on uh, the Fed more than you ever have, you know, in the last ten years since the last Great Recession, which was unprecedented. That how much the Fed stepped in, and it's also unprecedented at this time. So we're not going to ignore it on this podcast. We will continue to talk about it in education because understanding macro and microeconomics, which macroeconomics is how the government works within our economy, is the understanding of basically all large trends, both uh, short-term debt cycles and long-term debt cycles, which being in the right place at the right time in business is obviously essential. And that's not guesswork. Um, And that's one thing we would like to show. It is not guesswork that early, you know, in the last 10 years, the first five years, we were buying, you know, over 200,000 square feet a year. And in the last five years, we bought two facilities. We understood what was happening and what's going on. And now we're looking at buying more. Um, But we watched the Fed to understand and give us timing, buy signals, and what we need to do there. So let me explain real quick why this is important. You're hearing it on the news. We're seeing this. Um, So for those of you that don't understand or haven't had the opportunity to learn more about the central bank and what its purpose is and why it's doing the things that it's doing, the central bank is essential to understand the stability of our financial system in our economy. And I want to talk about it. I want to do this in simple terms that you can utilize to make changes and take advantage of today because what they're doing depends and will shape our economy for the future. The reason being is twofold. All right. So the, the central banking system, right, they basically control money supply. We're going to try to keep this easy. I'm not going to cover everything. I'm not going to cover a lot, but I do want to hit on the point so you understand you can get it. So monetary policy, um, we, we really look at interest rates. So when we're talking monetary policy, we're looking at interest rates. Why this is important to know, you need to understand that it, if you average out all the recessions since basically the Great Depression, on average, the Fed cut 5% interest rates during a recession to boost the economy. They didn't have 5% to cut this time. That didn't exist because they were already so low. So the Fed, it cuts interest rates to try to increase the money supply. What they're trying to do is they're trying to stop something called deflation. Deflation is when assets and prices keep falling and falling and falling and falling and everybody retreats and hoards money because the value of money is rising and the value of assets is falling. This ends up in depressions if it goes on too long or gets too bad. They also have to stop inflation. They stop inflation by increasing interest rates. All they're doing is controlling the money supply in the market, right? The more money's in the market, 
uh, the more money they throw into the market or the cheaper they make access to that money, the less valuable money is. And so people use that money to buy assets so they don't reduce risk or, or so they don't lose their, their money. Now, when you're looking at interest rates, they lower them and rise them. They had really nowhere to go, but they dropped it basically to zero, okay, as we saw. The next thing that they do, which is really important, is they are a lender of last resort, okay? So this also includes like the repo markets or the bond markets where they're going in and they're actually buying bonds. They're buying mortgage-backed securities. And why they're trying to do that is because demand has been just vaporized, right? It's totally gone. And so because it's gone, the market's in a free fall, they come in, they make the demand, they stabilize the mortgage-backed securities and the bond markets so they don't totally collapse, okay? This is right now, and they add this to their balance sheet. So the, the, they have their own balance sheet like businesses, and you should too, you should know what it is. And right now that balance sheet is $4.6 trillion in assets that they have gobbled up and consumed. It's massive, then the other thing they do is they actually will deal in commercial paper. This is what we're seeing right now, as in they're giving loans to the commercial market, and they're currently doing this. So their whole the whole bailout you're seeing, and we saw this, like, once again, the lender of last resort things, remember quantitative easing, and uh, right now they're injecting themselves into the paper commercial market by giving out loans to make sure there's liquidity, markets moving, businesses have loans that m in a large this next this bailout that's coming out now, a lot of those loans for businesses that are struggling, they don't even have to be paid back. And then there's another thing that I just want to hit on real quick, and that is swap lines. This is when they're actually giving dollars to countries outside the United States. So our central government is giving them loans at basically no interest to stabilize those governments' banking systems. It is not in our interest for those markets to to fail, obviously. Now, the Fed, as it's trying to stable all these markets, and you're like, great, AJ, there's a lot of macroeconomics. There you go again, talking about the stuff that doesn't really matter. Why does this matter? This matters actually a great deal. Um, one of the reasons is, is the implication and what it means. So we know that by flooding the market, right, assets that have lost value will eventually go back, they'll be eaten up, and they'll be consumed. Certain markets that have been hit very hard that don't have a base, after they stabilize, they'll return. Particularly in cash flowing assets, this will really help a lot. That was one of the reasons that in 2009 and 10, those people that said, listen, the government's actions is going to lead to a huge bull market in real estate. The government actions and what they're doing now will keep low interest, money that's basically free will create large cash flow on these distressed assets. And as rent prices go up, there'll be tons of money to be made, right? And so a lot of people like us jumped in. Um, we focused on commercial because we felt there was going to be the biggest rise and the biggest push in demand being that all these builders and everything that it had basically gone away. Now, as we talk about the Fed and why this is important and everything, the reason this is so important today, unlike any other time, is because the government basically stopped capitalism. Okay? Why, you know, what am I, why, why do you say it stopped capitalism? Because capitalism is ran on one thing and one thing only, people. It's ran on demand. If there's no demand, there is no one to supply. There's no nothing, right? So without demand, 
There's nothing to supply. Businesses don't exist. Credit doesn't move through because there's no need for it and everything collapsed. Well, the government artificially stopped demand by saying you can't go buy things. So demand was cut off by the government. I am not saying this is wrong at all. These are unprecedented times. There's so many people that are going to be hurt and dying through this, uh, uh, this pandemic we're having. The government had to stop it. But you need to understand what that means. In order to do that, they had to basically come in now and they have to play the economy. This is very controversial in America because we're capitalists and we don't believe the government should be the economy. But they are. They're actually sending checks out. They're sent being, they are lending to private uh, organizations. They're becoming commercial paper. They're giving people checks to pay bills. And two, they're paying unemployment, which now means that they're your employer because they're paying you your paycheck. So this is really, really important right now. And my bet is, and our understanding of this, is they said, we're stopping the market, but we're going to save it. And the Fed chairman announced last week when asked, how much can you spend? And his answer was, whatever it takes. As in, there's literally no cap to what we will spend. We will buy up all the securities. We'll stabilize repo markets. We will uh, actually do the commercial paper if banks won't, and we'll give businesses loans. So central banks and our monetary system in the United States has remained stable because of the government. If the government wasn't going to do that, we would be changing the way we structured our business and investments. Because they are doing that, that gives businesses like us confidence in saying you won't collapse the total market until you allow demand to take back over and the government pulls out of the economy. Right, So the, the fix that is stay at home kills capitalism. The government steps in to play that role until they can get back out, which we hope is a short time, and we hope it doesn't go on too long. But that is why macroeconomics is important, because right now macroeconomics is the only thing that matters, the way the government is working with the markets. If you are an investor, a business owner, or you receive a paycheck, or you need to buy anything at the grocery market, Economics is the only thing that doesn't matter. There is no difference between our economy and your personal health. Because if you can't go to a doctor's office or you can't get medicine or you can't stay healthy, you don't have food, clean water, you'll die. Our economy is what creates all these goods, services, and does that. So the economy must remain healthy or else we have nothing and death rates will skyrocket um, and it would be totally catastrophic. So it's not that I'm being cavalier about what's happening. It's so dangerous and so important that it's incredibly important that our economy remains healthy through it. And that's why macroeconomics right now is so important. Totally my economic rant, but the central bank right now is playing the economy. I want you to understand it. You need to understand what they're doing, how they do it, because this will allow you to make good decisions, allow you to buy right, and to create the right financial vehicle that will lead you to financial freedom. With that said, I gotta go. We have two other interviews that I'm jumping on today for you guys. They're gonna be awesome. You're gonna love it. I told you you'd be hearing more from us. Times are changing. I hope that our insight 
um, is helpful to you guys. That's why we're doing it. I believe other people need to know and understand. We get to see a lot of information that is not generally sent to the publics because of our banking relations. And that's important. That needs to be open. And I'm trying to be as transparent as I can. We're also going to do a 15 minute Friday, which will talk about our deals as we always do, what we're currently doing, investing in. And yes, some people have been asking, have you started buying stocks? Yes, I am in the equity markets. And I've started back, which I haven't been in the equity markets for five years. Um, So we'll cover all of that and more as we try to go along and help you guys create a financial vehicle that'll take you to, to financial freedom. Thanks, everybody. If this was helpful, jump on here, give a five-star rating. I'm just, we're just trying to give you guys the best information that you can. Thank you again for everyone that sent your emails. Even if you dislike some of the information we'll give, send it to us. I love to address it. I love to talk about it. It helps so much. We appreciate you all. Talk soon. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.